Welcome to the Well and Witchy Podcast. I'm your host, Britt Epley, and I'm an eclectic witch, wellness and mindset coach, healer, and spiritual mentor. If you're looking to fearlessly rise up and be the woman you were destined to be and live your best life with both wellness and spiritual flows, then you are in the right place. Think of this podcast as your go-to for all things magic, inspiration, and empowerment. I'll be spilling the tea about witchcraft, spell work, spirituality, intuitive wellness, self-love, and much more. Leave it to me to help provide you with the tools and resources to unlock the inner goddess and power within you, hone your sacred craft, and live life in a more meaningful and magical way. I am so grateful that our paths have crossed today and you are here. Thank you so much for pushing play. Now let's do this, witches. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Well and Witchy podcast. It's Britt, your host here. I'm so excited to have you back with us for this one today. If it feels like it's been a minute since I've released an episode, you're probably right. I've been going through quite a bit of um, life transitions, so I'll save all that tea for another episode. Um, But yeah, it's been a crazy time, but I'm really excited to be getting this one out. Uh, This podcast interview actually kind of goes back to March, and right at the beginning of this year, I was in so many chats with folks, and then just between work and stuff, like I was saying, life transitions, it's been hard to, like, stay up with all the editing, but I'm doing my best, and I'm here to at least get out one episode a month where I can, but uh, yeah, this, this interview comes from March. And I still think a lot of what we talked about is relevant to the now. Today's newest episode, The Impact of Energy, features designer and magic maker of Munya Creative Collective, Erica Julia. Erica combines design with shamanic and intuitive energy clearing practices to create transformative and nourishing spaces for the soul. Recently, Erica traveled to Costa Rica for a month-long course on the shamanic path, and a few months later, she returned to support a plant medicine retreat. By the time you finish listening to this episode today, you'll discover energy healing and mindfulness, energetic hygiene, Erica's shamanic journey in the program she did, her experience with plant medicine, what it means to take up space energetically and physically, and how to trust your inner knowing. Like mentioned, this podcast was from March, but since it's been recorded, Erica shifted her business focus from private coaching to creative and healing services for homes, events, and retreats. This new focus reflects the authentic expression of all of Erica's gifts and what lights her up at an even higher level. Since she was little, Erica would be sketching floor plans in her of her room and decorating it to bring in more light and joyfulness. Her room was a place she sought sanctuary to be simply be in. In every space she lived, at least one area was designated to reflect peace and joy, even when she rented a tiny 60-square-foot bedroom in New York City. Erica is still incredibly in tune with her energy. She is an incredible healer, and it just fires me up that she has found her true path, and I am so excited for her. And again, I'm really grateful for this episode because it really does lay down some, like, basic energetic foundational principles and yeah I know you'll love it so without further ado let's go ahead and dive into today's episode and let's welcome Erica Julia to the Well and Witchy podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Well and Witchy podcast. I'm so excited to have you here with us today and by us I mean myself Britt and I have Erica here who is going to be our expert guest and Erica we're so excited. Um, Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, so I guess the best place to start would be um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, just an intro, what you do. Um, Also, feel free to talk about like your spiritual journey as well as like other things like, I don't know, your zodiac signs, anything fun you want to mention. (laughs) Okay, sure. So um, what I do is I do private coaching and I'm also doing energy healing for folks to help them get clear on their desires and their dream life to just generally have a better life, to feel more expanded, to feel more aligned with their soul and their purpose here. And um, the energy healing is kind of one-off. So I also help people just clear their 
their chakras, their anything that's stagnant in their energy field. Um, if they're just going through a tough time and they're having trouble letting something go or even muscle like tension. So I can do that through energy healing. And then I also do guided meditations and help people learn about mindfulness and techniques to have inner wellness along with reaching those goals. Um, I'm an Aquarius. It's my, I always forget if it's moon or sun. I know I'm Aquarius, moon, uh, Virgo. And then I think it's Libra uh, rising. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, and my spiritual journey, I think I've always had spirituality as part of my life because I grew up with a religion called the Baha'i faith. And then I, I started going on a self-healing journey when I realized I had anxiety in college and I realized I had it my whole life. So that really started my whole journey of self-exploration of tools to manage my anxiety, how to kind of break through it because it wasn't um, something that I needed medication for. I was able to manage it with just meditation, mindfulness, breathing techniques, all those things. And then it, it continued my journey into the wellness practice I'm doing now with um, helping people break through barriers of like um, self-doubt, of limiting beliefs, of maybe past traumas that's holding them back from their desires. So my desire was to have my own business, to travel the world, um, and just generally like the sense of freedom, speaking up, holding space, all those things. Wow, that's, that's incredible. I feel like a lot of, there's so many ways that you are putting your energy out to then help others. But with all of that said, do you have a favorite modality at all? Or do you just kind of like, just kind of, I don't know if that makes sense, like a favorite or one that you feel like you, you do the most of? To help people? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel really connected with this uh, healing identity, being a healer. And um, the energy healing is my favorite because it, it helps the person. But then also I feel really fulfilled while doing it because I'm connected to this energy. And I call in um, the individual's angels and their ancestors. And I call in my own. So it's this really beautiful space that I create. And so I'm tapped into that energy myself. So I also get a bit of a buzz. Um, and it just feels rewarding to have that instant uh, gratification of helping someone. Um, so that that right now is my favorite. And guided meditation too, also, because then I'm also meditating. So it helps me too <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. So you talked about um, like just being, being a healer and in your intro, a little bit about your healing journey, but um, you also mentioned taking up space. So what does that technically mean taking up space? Like, I feel like I hear this a lot, but not sure. Yeah. yeah. I think it really depends on um, what, if someone can relate based on where they come from, like if there's someone who's experienced a childhood that where they felt kind of more uh, unseen or, um, unsafe to hold space for themselves or speak their their voice uh, or to to like have desires that are outside of maybe the family's norms um, then maybe they can relate more because that's that was my experience I felt like maybe it was a combination of my own upbringing or just like my personality type but I felt like I wasn't as comfortable to speak to um, be in the presence of others and have like actually share my thoughts. And it's really about what your experience was. Um, if you felt like you couldn't take up space or if you felt limited in some way, maybe in your own mindset or your own anxiety. So then the feeling of being able to break through that and have um, a sense of freedom to do it, to speak your voice, to even like hold a conversation with maybe a superior could be really daunting and then being able to do it comfortably, like that feeling is liberating. So, um, and I, I know it in like the deepest part of myself, what that feels like, because I've been breaking through different barriers of different layers, you know, like an onion of what it means to, to hold space, to be seen, to, to feel vulnerable, to have my fullest light be seen by everyone. It's kind of scary in some ways. Um, and for me, I had anxiety around men, actually, 
and I'm still discovering why, but it was really, really strong in college when I realized I had anxiety. And so for me, break, taking up space was also holding my space in a, uh, in a dynamic with like a male superior. And it would even be hard for me to hold eye contact. So like, it was really a, a full anxiety in my body to, to be exist, even just like the existent in a space sometimes. Um, so for me, that's what taking up spaces. And then energetically, it's also like, once you get in tune with your energy body and you can sense it, you can start to sense when you're closing in both energetically because someone else's presence is there and you want to accommodate. And then you'll see your body moving in reaction to that. Like if you start to be more observant of your body, you'll see it like hunch or maybe you feel some pain uh, if someone's in the room. And it's all about like recognizing that and opening up more and then stopping those thoughts that are telling you to kind of become small so that you can start to stretch yourself and um, and hold the space that you need to hold and you should be holding. And um, that's kind of what I navigate, like in the past few months, I'm still navigating and slowly growing more and more to hold my own, my own energy in a room. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting you bring up energies in a room because like, obviously with the pandemic, a lot of us have been away from people for a while. Um, I work from home, so I'm kind of lucky in a way. The only person I really see is my partner, but we went, we went out to the, to the mall a few weeks ago. And I hate to say that, but he needed like job interview clothes. And we were like, he's very tall. He can't shop online. He's his, his sizes are weird. I promise there's a story to this, but we get to the mall and there's so many people there. And I immediately like had an anxiety attack. I shrunk and I had to sit down and like get away from people because feeling energies for the first time in a long time in that many energies at once was just very it was very hard it's like a floodgate had bursted and I was just like taking in all these things and I'm also I wouldn't say I'm a full-blown empath but I do pick up on like people's emotions just through those energies and it was a lot so I don't know if that's what I needed to like flip the switch again and start feeling energies after like a whole year of not but it was very intense (laughs) well that's cool because it also shows you're you're more sensitive and you're your field is more aware and big um, right now because I, I think I'm now more aware after just like focusing in on the unseen world, like the spiritual world. Now I can be more aware of, of things like other people's energies in a space. So that just means that you're also growing, let's say. Yeah. And you can also envision if you are in a big space and you're like shining bright, you can envision yourself closing it in kind of like a cloak. Um, something I do to protect my energy field when I'm with other people is, and this was taught to me, I, I envision like a cloak of white light around me or selenite because that that's the clearing stick, um, stone selenite. And then that helps me a lot. Or I envision a light coming through my body and clearing any, anything in my field. And it has to be done regularly, especially as someone who's more sensitive, like you or I. Yeah. yeah. Um, what can happen? Like, let's say you're not clearing yourself, you're not protecting your energy. Like what can happen if you take on like energies from other people for too long? Yeah. So you can definitely start to realize, actually, I actually have a good story of this. Um, so I went to Costa Rica for a few months uh, in January through middle of March to do some healing um to do some healing and self-discovery. And I just had left a womb wisdom retreat and I had previously been in a two month time with um, a shamanic initiation program and then supporting the space um, at the home there. So I hadn't been around a lot of people for a while. And then I went into a hostel in a busier part of Santa Santa Teresa of Costa Rica called Santa Teresa. And I went in the room and immediately I started having these thoughts that were like really paranoid and stressed. And I realized I was, what I was feeling was what was in the space. And I was also feeling paranoid about my stuff getting stolen. The next day I found out that one of the girls in the room had her phone stolen that night. 
So it's like a perfect example of, of how if you all of a sudden are feeling these random thoughts coming in that are negative or anxious that don't feel right or they don't feel like yours, it could be because you picked it up in the space and you're just kind of like flowing with it. Um, and then also it can cause like, for me, I get head fog. So I'm more sensitive so I can feel in my head. Um, you could start to feel tension in your body um, or just general, general like negative thoughts, thought patterns, depending on the energy you're picking up. I think that's the biggest way it comes up for me. Yeah, that's, oh, it can be harmful. It's like, I don't know, like getting stuck to a lint roller or something like all that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and you got a weird analogy, but you get it. <laughs> no, yeah, I also like to think of it as a net. You're like, and your energy is constantly, even if we protect ourselves or, or envision light around ourselves, and it can be exhausting sometimes, you're still going to pick something up. Um, so that's why the cleansing process is good to have something, even just visualizing, you know, a light coming through your body and then expanding outwards and being like, okay, I'm clearing my, my energy field. Or something I do is if I drink water, I say, I have the intention, okay, this water is cleaning my energy field. So it's all about intention and some sort of action to, to clear yourself. I love that. Like you, I, I feel like magic, spirituality, everything in a whole at the base is like, it's about intention. Like you can make anything a ritual, anything a spell, as long as you have that right intention. So like, I love that you brought up the water thing. Cause it's something that we all do during the day. Like you might as well make it useful for yourself. I don't know clear that yeah <laughs> yeah that's what I feel too and that's what I've like gathered about you know about manifestation about anything magic or spells or um anything really it's about your your intention with it and your association to something so if I have a feather with me <laughs> if I like associate the feather with in my mind I associate it with spirituality or cleansing then it's going to hold more power cleansing my body. Cause I actually use it sometimes to like move energy from my field. Um, it's going to hold more power because I have an emotional connection to it and already like have a story about it. I love that. Yeah. So going back a little bit, you did mention um, like shamanism and you're in a program that you had just briefly mentioned. What was that like? That sounds interesting. Yeah. So I was guided to it. I just wanted to get out and like be with nature. And I felt like it was so strongly needed for myself. Um, and it led me to, to this program uh, in Costa Rica and it was like a shamanism introduction, I guess. So we, we tapped into different elements of healing. Uh, we did like a brief sampling of a lot of different things with sound healing, uh, shamanic journeys. We worked with the different elements of fire, air, water, earth. Uh, we, we did different plant medicines. So we went through two ayahuasca ceremonies, a mushroom ceremony and like various others. And we, we learned about meditation, we did yoga. So we really just like did a lot of different things. But ultimately for me, it was, I needed to just clear, clear a lot. And I felt like there was a lot in my body that I just needed to clear. So the ceremonies helped that a lot. And the experience was, um, it was really amazing because it asks us to, to just pause and reflect with our connection to elements of nature. That's the part that I took most from. And having a conversation with elements of fire getting wisdom from asking it a question and then hearing its response, um, being open to, to like spirits of the North, South, East, West, the different directions, and also giving honor to the land and connecting to mother earth. So it was really about um, honoring and connecting to elements of nature for me. That was one part of it. And it also asked us to, to, um, to kind of explore what it's like to be connected to the spirit world of, of the unseen. And that helped me to feel more confident in some things that I already had abilities for that I just wasn't really like, you know, honoring, which was the energy healing and my intuition and my ability to know stuff. 
So it helps like boost my empowerment for what I could do. Nice. Um, ayahuasca. I feel like I've, I've heard stories of people's experiences and I've, I watched like a few documentaries where it's been mentioned, but like, how was it for you? Was it scary? Was it, did you throw up a lot? I've heard a lot lot of different stories. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, one of the things that I, I confronted with this program was um, the fear of like losing myself and losing my mind by taking plant medicines. And I knew I was guided to this place for a reason. And I, I had an interest in ayahuasca for like my own self-healing journey. So I was like, okay, well, this is definitely meant for me. Um, but, you know, growing up, I heard a lot about like not doing drugs. My, even right before I got to Costa Rica, my dad was like, don't take anything that's like a medicine, like a plant medicine. And it still can be hard to hear that from your family and be confronted with something that you've been taught all your life, ingrained in your brain. So it was really scary. Um, but I still decided to go forward. And my first experience, I didn't let myself fully let go. And I, it hit me right, really fast and really hard. And it's basically a way to let go of your whole like ego body, which is the hardest part. So if you don't let go, then it's going to be just turmoil and it's going to be suffering. And so it's like a really intensive version of confronting your shadows, of um, exploring different like past traumas. Um, or just feeling what it's like to let go of your body and be in this different vibration of, of something. And it felt very like, um, like that kind of motion. And it was overwhelming. And it was like, it was a lot, but then I, and I did throw up once. Um, And when I threw up, I, you know, I asked like what it was, and I saw it as these tears of blood from my ancestors. And one of my intentions was going into this was to, to heal ancestral trauma. Specifically, I felt very strongly on my father's side. My dad's from Peru. And, um, and this ancestral trauma also from the female lineage. So this has also brought me into my healing journey. So that happened. And then um, I, we did a second ceremony a couple of weeks later. And then this time I was able to just relax. I was able to um, let go. And I had the most amazing, actually blissful experience. I still threw up and I still like, you know, went to the bathroom a lot. And I had moments where I felt like I couldn't even stand. But then that brought me down to this level where then I had to bring myself back up. And that was where the strength came in. Um, I found myself like holding a mini ceremony for myself to, to, to fully claim the who I am and doing it by first breaking myself down to build myself up. Um, And I did a lot of clearing of my voice chakra and I feel like there's still more to do. And it was a beautiful ceremony because it was under the moonlight. It was a full moon. So I was dancing with the moon, singing with like the plants and yeah, everything's just super open. So you're you're open to your ancestors, to the spirit world, um, but in a safe space. Yeah. Because I can imagine being open to too many things can be scary. I don't know, like you said in a safe space, but for those who might just be trying things out on their own, it's like you could maybe contact the wrong spirits or just be led down a wrong path. I don't know if it works that way, but. (laughs) Yeah. And that's something that I would get really scared about is what it's like to, to connect with something that I don't know. I don't, I can't see. Um, I kind of have this little fear still with like connecting to aliens or anything out there, but what's beautiful about this, what I learned in the shamanic program is that, um, we, how to hold space. So doing it by calling in the directions, holding an intention and just setting the, the like boundaries basically of what's allowed in the space and what's not. So, uh, so it's, sometimes it's hard to trust that it's actually working but everything's based on faith and trust with the shamanic world, I feel like, and spiritual world. Wow. Yeah. It's um, nothing that I really plan to tap into, to be honest. I really went to this program mostly to just explore the different modalities of healing and to go through the plant medicine, but I'm not an initiated shaman or anything right now. I just had the, um, the experience to 
to learn the practices and the wisdom of it, which in itself is really beautiful. Yeah. Ooh, one day, <laughs> my goal is to one day do ayahuasca. I just, I know it's an investment and I, I mean, obviously we're in a pandemic, so I can't travel anytime soon, but just to be able to be free of the ego for even a minute just sounds great on my side. <laughs> like <laughs> I do, I feel like I do a lot of shadow work too. And I've had other plant medicine experiences, but it just, it's something I want to do eventually. So it's nice to hear like a real life perspective of how it goes. Yeah. It's, um, it's an interesting experience. That's all I can say. <laughs> like we say, we want to let go, but it is hard to let go. Yeah. And even I feel like I experience that day to day sometimes, you know, letting go of control of how the X, Y, and Z is going to pan out or where am I going to live next or all these things. It's like a mini ayahuasca experience of letting go and just trusting, trusting something that's unseen, trusting the universe, um, how things are meant to unfold. It can be really scary and hard. And I even just like went through a mini experience of that recently of remembering that I need to let go. Yeah. I feel like it's hard. I'm very indecisive by nature, um, but I feel like it's hard for me to take like giant leaps of faith. And I think this is something kind of mentioned also, but like, how do you take those leaps? Or like you were saying, like, where do I want to live next? What do I want to do? Like, what do I need to let go? Like, how do you do that without fearing about what's going to happen or like the future <laughs> I'm always fearing yeah. for the future and I know I should, <laughs> but like what's going to happen there's so many different probabilities yeah. <laughs> well that's the tricky thing is it's our human nature to worry about the future to like logic things through and so it takes effort in some way to do the the flowing like in following your intuition taking leaps of faith the, as some people say 5d consciousness it takes a lot of effort to get into that fully until it becomes your norm. And I'm still working on that. Um, so leaps of faith. I feel like I took the most biggest leap of faith when I decided to go to this program and in Costa Rica. And um, what helped me was you have to have something deep in you that is like, you just like, no, you can't continue without doing X, Y, and Z like this deep knowing of, I need to heal this, or I just need to go to this place. And it can come in different parts. It can come from like your core, it could come from your heart. But if there's something that is just strong enough for you, that that's going to be your torch to keep you moving, doing the leap. And so that happened for me, just this knowing that I couldn't stay in New York City for the winter and, and get like a um, return to like, you know, nine to five job or something. I I needed to go to Costa Rica. And I really knew this was a pivotal moment for me to fully step into the work I want to do with healing and helping people. Um, but in between the decision to do it and actual like getting there, there's like this, like what I felt like was a washing machine of emotions and thoughts and, and mindfulness is a big thing. Um, trying to be really focused on the present moment as much as you can, asking for signs from the universe. So I was seeing so many angel numbers. It was wild. And that helped me every time I would see it. I'd be like, okay, this is it. Keep going. And even though I had thoughts of like stepping back, those things would help me continue forward. Um, or I could be uh, a sign from like, I don't know, like you can see things on storefront windows or you can hear conversations or like um, before I left, I got a free ride from Lyft and I was like, this is another sign because <laughs> I was worried about money, you know, money mindset and all that stuff um, that can help you a lot. Um, yeah, I would say mindfulness is key and then looking for signs, something to keep you going, whatever you need to keep yourself going on the path. Yeah mindfulness so I know when I think of mindfulness and this is just speaking from my own experience in my own craft but I meditate as much as I can I some sometimes some weeks I don't some weeks I meditate every day it's just when I feel like I need it um is that is that basically what mindfulness is or are there other ways to be mindful beyond meditation yeah so for me mindfulness is 
getting really present in the sensations of like the human experience um, and slowing your thoughts down by being aware of like, oh, there's, there's some like light coming through the window. Oh, the shadows of the curtain, the feeling of the water running down your hand, um, the sensation of your breath or the touch of your cloth, cloth clothes on your body. Um, that's one simple way to get into mindfulness. And, and it's really just like a constant practice of returning to the present moment, being like, okay, I'm here now, I'm here now. Knowing what you have now too, if you're worried about the future and like, I don't know how I'm gonna pay X, Y, and Z in the future, then returning to, okay, take a deep breath. I'm here now, I have money in my bank, I have food on my table, um, I have place to live. You know, the very basics can help you if you're having some anxiety and you're going too far into the future in the past. But um, it's really as simple as breathing um, sensations. And you can get into mindfulness really easily with washing dishes, taking a shower, going on a walk. You can try practicing mindfulness by going on walks and just focusing on what you sense around you in the walk. Um, or it could be like, I actually really enjoy doing flower foraging. And that's something I did before wellness was I had a side flower design business outside of my nine to five job. And so for me, I started things with flower foraging, connecting to nature noticing like all the little details of the flower and how it sparkles or how it, it dries, how it dies, um, really just slowing down. Oh, okay. I did not know that there was a term for, for that flower foraging, but I just love to go outside and just like walk down my road and see all the wildflowers that are growing and just like stop and look at them. And I'll literally talk to them. And I'll be like, hi, little flower. Like, how are you? <laughs> I'm sure the neighbors think I'm out of my mind, but it just, it's nice to be able to appreciate the little things and just be present in that moment. Even if it's talking to a little wildflower on the side of the road, like did not know that was mindfulness, but I'm going to keep it. It totally it. is. <laughs> yeah, please do. Like I'm passionate about getting people to connect with flowers and nature. Um, and yeah, flower foraging. And you're, you're welcome to, you know, clip those flowers. I like to encourage people to, you know, check in with the flower and just be like, can I, and they clip it. Um, and actually talking to flowers and understanding there's like a spear and everything is also an element of shamanism. So what you're doing is, is beautiful. It's like recognizing, recognizing the, the being that's in front of you. That's a flower. Right. Like it's, I feel like from a, I don't know if this is 3d, but I imagine it is like the 3d perspective of like, it's just a flower. Cool. I'm going to pick it versus like the 5d shift of like this flower has a, like, I don't know, a soul, but like, it's a being it's growing. It's not, it might not be a human or an animal, but it still has feelings and it's, it's living. So you have to treat it like anyone else living. Well, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And recently I was exploring with the idea of flowers have, you know, vibration, like we, we can emit a certain vibration of positive, of like light or of love or, of, you know, whatever we're feeling in that moment. And so flowers, they're like this pure thing that are just emitting beauty. So their vibration is really high. And I was thinking about how I can incorporate that into my wellness practices for others and holding space for people. Yeah. I, um, I also feel that way about like bugs. Like I know not everyone likes bugs, but even with spiders and stuff, when I find them in the house, I just like put them on a paper plate and put them back outside. Cause I'm like, you have a purpose to serve and it might not be in my house, but it'll be maybe on my porch catching all the mosquitoes in the summer, but like, I'm not gonna just smash you. Please go yeah. live your life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The little ones, the little creatures. Yeah. Yeah. I, also, I feel bad. Sometimes I believe I actually kill them. Yeah. Yeah. You never know what you're stepping on. Yeah. Unavoidable. <laughs> but uh, I do believe in like fairies too, or I don't know about Faye, but just like fairy gardens where you can have like a little setup of like a little house and like flat little flowers and just like, tiny things to put out because I believe that like a lot of the plants are actually like spirits within them that are like the fairy people oh that's so cool I love that idea when I was really little my sisters would create these little fairy homes 
Yeah. And they put the powder to see the footprints and all that stuff. But um, that I really like that idea of creating a space for magic to just kind of flow through. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have never seen any footprints and people could argue that that doesn't exist, but I think it makes me happy and it's cute. And I believe so. That's all that matters. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Our imagination creates our reality and it's more fun if you let yourself do some something that brings you joy like making flower fairy homes <laughs> yeah <laughs> awesome um so I know you talk uh you talk about like your modalities for healing and we talked about spirituality and shamanism as well as just like general wellness so I mean I can speak kind of from the same perspective of like I started as a wellness coach and now I'm shifting gears to incorporate more of like the spiritual but um, I guess like what is your experience in terms of combining like okay I gotta work out I gotta stay healthy I have to eat pretty well versus like taking care of your soul and your mind you know like that mind body soul all three mm, yeah you know what I mean yeah <laughs> yeah I feel like it's a constant reminder like I have to constantly remind myself to do it and it's not something that comes naturally actually um, I'm working on that like this week, it's my goal to focus on the body part because I haven't really given my body the time to build muscle. <clears throat> and I know that's really important. Um, but I would say you, you'll you feel gross. If, you know, like you won't feel good if you stop the practices. So that's my biggest encouragement for myself when I'm feeling more like head fog or I'm feeling like achy in my body then I know, okay, I, I have these tools and I can choose to do them or I can choose not to. And it's really about what, what do I want to do? Like you have to do the action. Um, the mindfulness and actually, even though I guide meditations and stuff, I don't meditate as much as I, as like other people do, but I know it's something that could be really helpful for myself if I get into um, too much like thoughts of the future. Something I do every night, though, that helps me a lot is I just envision a, a light clearing my body to clear my energy cord, cords. So that's something I always do. Um, I've been trying to incorporate a regular morning routine of stretching, like intuitively moving my body, opening up my chest. And that's another way for me to practice taking up space is like physically. Every morning I have to kind of stretch out because I still wake up feeling, you know, sort of closed in and it's something it's a journey I'm still on um and then I also like to have an intention with my water so I kind of like put some love and light in the water and ask it to clean cleanse myself I do a lot with water I guess because it's like this entity you can you can fill it with a, with anything and um yeah sometimes I journal and I focus on gratitude but like I said it's a it's it's something you have to constantly be reminding yourself of. And sometimes you remind yourself once you're in the pit of like a dark moment <laughs> and that's what it takes to remember. Yeah. I love that. Like you either, you have to do it. And if you don't, you start to feel it. Like I, I've been really bad about moving my body lately just because I, I mean, I work from home. I have my full-time job in my business and I feel like I'm always sitting like I'm sitting in front of a computer screen for the majority of my day and when I I mean I've gone on a few weeks without really moving much and I it's like my body started to just crave it like I couldn't digest food as easily like I felt very stiff and then I started to get brain fog too like you had mentioned like it felt like the longer I went without intuitively moving my body the more it just started to pile on which is like, you can't ignore the cues the body gives you. You can't ignore your intuition. You have to be able to listen to it and know like, okay, my body needs this and then make the time to do it. Otherwise, like you're just going to burn yourself out. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been, yeah. now that it's nicer outside, at least for now, who knows what next week, it might be cold again, but I've been trying to like get outside and just like walk around my yard or go for a walk down to the stop sign and back mm -hmm. or just like, play with the cats so I'm moving around more just because I, I felt it and it was very strange <laughs> yeah and it can be as simple as getting up and like stretching your arms up taking a deep breath um, putting on one song and just moving to it and that in itself is it's simple and it, it already does does something for your yourself um, 
yeah yeah I had a thought but it disappeared <laughs> wasn't meant to be <laughs> yeah. um so talking a little bit about um guided meditations like how how often do you do that do you do it like on a one-on-one basis do you have like events because that sounds really cool yeah so I incorporate I mean I'm open to one-to-one private you know just I'll guide someone through meditation I want to incorporate more into events and I already have a bit with um, I recently did a full moon ritual ceremony focused on healing and guided meditation for me is basically like bringing some through someone through a journey and an experience to first open themselves up and it's kind of like guiding their their them through the opening their fields the connecting to the universal energies connecting to certain vibrations um, but also maybe guiding them into like a visualization to dig into some healing modalities of like what is it that you desire um maybe something about their childhood, or it could be letting go of a relationship. So it's like a visual guidance is what I do. And yeah, I incorporate it also into my energy healing sessions. So I start someone with getting them into a place of calm and um, rest so that their body and their energy field can be more open and receptive to, to mind, to mind entering and you know, doing, doing some stuff (laughs) and to also be open, receptive to their angels, to their higher self, to any of their spirit guides that are there to, that want to come in and talk to them. Um, But I love guided meditations because like I said, I'm on the journey too. And it's, it's really cool way to just like tap into a certain, certain experience. Um, Yeah. Yeah. One other thing I feel like, and this stems from what you just said of like, you're on your own journey as a healer. And I feel like oftentimes, I, I mean, early on, I felt this way. I'm still moving through it, but I'm sure a lot of other people who are newer to a business or just to being wanting to be a healer feel like they ha- their lives have to be perfect, right? Like I can't have anything going on um, in order to help people when in reality, I feel like it's okay to have your own things that you're working through and you're healing because that just allows you to help people more. Like your experiences are going to help other people. Like, so I don't know if you have any thoughts about that or. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Big. No, I agree completely. And actually the things that I move through, I then use as inspiration for what I send out because I have a weekly bliss, weekly bliss letter. So it usually has the topic, something to think about some questions to ask yourself and it's usually inspired by my own life and my own like thoughts of how to navigate this world. And I agree. I think the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing now is because of my own healing journey, starting with learning about my anxiety, going into navigating how to move through it and feel comfortable in spaces, like specifically with men or um, social anxiety is what it was. And then guiding myself through like deeper traumas and all that stuff. And all of that is, is giving myself tools and like firsthand experience to then support someone else. And I like to see it as like, we, everyone can help someone else, but they also need the help. So it's this continuous giving and receiving and letting that happen is really important for yourself. You can't give from an empty cup, you know, like you really need to, to be like letting in the help as well. Yeah. And again, we're just going down more rabbit holes, but like in order to even manifest your the things you want in life, you have to be able to be comfortable with giving and receiving like wh- whatever that channel is. But I feel like sometimes that's my block also where it's like, okay, I can imagine myself with the X, Y, and Z thing I'm trying to manifest, but I don't know if I can embody that feeling yet. So I feel like it's sometimes I get stuck, but yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Or something that I experienced recently with manifesting is um, there's a part of me that doesn't want it. Like I, like my conscious brain is like, Ooh, I would love that. And then deep down, there's a part of me that's like, you're not worthy, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And it still comes up. Like I've faced a lot of this self-worth stuff and moved through a lot of it, but there's still layers to go. And, um, And so what's beautiful about manifesting and setting goals is that it's going to ask you to actually be real with yourself and be like, okay, is something, is there resistance? Why is there resistance? And then ask yourself questions until you get to the root of what's going on. 
And maybe it's because you just need a little more time before it's ready for you. And, um, and then you're going to be guided down this path towards the thing that you want to manifest. That's going to ask you to heal, to go through challenges so that you can confront those shadows to release them. So you're ready for that man, that thing you're manifesting. Wow. That's helpful. <laughs> Just being ready. And I feel that about the, the little voice that like your consciousness is like, I want this. And then the little, I don't know if it's my ego or my shadow or what it is, but she'll be in there talking shit. And I'm like, come on now. Like, we're not about this. You're not even here. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, it's a fun little dynamic we experience of like our little ego voice and then our higher self. And we're just like constantly, we're like hosting these two entities and all these things. And we're just like a hot mess all the time. I talk I talk down, well, I don't talk down to it, but I stand up against my ego like I would against like a racist old man. I know that sounds kind of bad where I'm just like, shut up, Keith. Like, I don't have to today. Like, your opinion does not matter here. Yeah. Or sometimes I'm like, can you please just let me do this thing? Or like, I talk to her like a kid sometimes too. Like, okay, can you, this is from the past, the thing you're feeling, like it's from a, maybe an experience you had before, but I'm an adult and we can take care of this. I've got you. Like, sometimes I ask like for an angel to help like hold my little ego child self so that I can do something, you know? So I don't have to even like worry about it. Yeah. I feel like you're a lot more kinder than I am. I'm just like, shut up, <laughs> get out of my brain. yeah it's funny yeah sometimes I get there but yeah sometimes it's just more like uh taking care of a child yeah I think that's that's one thing I need to work on especially is like the inner child work like the shadow work I feel like kind of goes hand in hand with that a lot but I really need to start digging a little deeper I think and it'll come with time it's a process you can't dive dive in every day with it or else you'll be shadow work is hard that's a whole other topic but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then if you do it too much, like recently, I realized then you're just constantly looking for things to, to work through. And then instead of enjoying your life, it so works. it's a whole balance. So like going off of shadow work, I see it as, um, and once you encounter your younger self, you'll, you might feel moments when you just want to cry and you feel like a child again, because you're, you're working through something where you're confronting this wound that is directly opposite of where you want to be. So like, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, so for example, actually, I was on a group coaching call with my own, you know, business spiritual coach, and I was working through letting go and being comfortable and grounded in where I am now, because I don't have like a secure, like one spot I'm living right now. And I was confronting this little child that was so used to just like crumpling into a ball and hiding in that feeling. And then asking her like why this is coming up and then shining a light on it. And I just felt like this desire to, you know, to cry or to emotion. And that experience is already releasing something from you. And then that in itself is already moving something out of you. That's going to help slowly by little by little get you to, to fully embody what it is you're, you're calling in. Um, so, so I like to see, you know, goal setting and checking in with your desires and putting your, your goals outside your comfort zone as a beautiful way to set yourself on a healing journey, because you're going to face, if the desire is strong enough and you're going to keep moving towards it, you're going to face all the things that need to, to be transmuted into light in order to receive that thing, in order to get out of your comfort zone. And um, I like to see it as like a mini ayahuasca experience because you have to face the shadow. You have to like look at what's going really going on. You know, the shadow is the light and doing it in a loving way. So that's why I really am excited to help people through that process because it can be um, it can be a lot and you definitely need support. Like I need support too. Um, but it's all to expand yourself to uh, a life that you feel like so exhilarated by, you feel grateful for, you feel like aligned and you don't feel like you're just settling for something that someone else wants you to do. Society, family, um, maybe your child self, anything like that. Wow. 
that was some gold right there <laughs> for sure <laughs> yeah um so tell us are you is there anything that you're currently working on or coming soon that the listeners can jump in on or how can um any of the listeners or folks work with you in the future yeah so i'm really excited to have open space for private coaching to help people work through the healing process to receive these you know their life of abundance and fulfillment and joy. And then also I have a weekly free balance and bliss meditation and healing group. So it's on Sundays at eight Eastern standard time. And um, there's a link that I think Britt will put in to register, but it's basically a guided meditation, a moment to check in from the past week to see if there's anything to close up and then what you're looking forward to. But I'm also gonna keep it open. So I might do like Oracle cards or maybe energy healing. And, but I'm really excited to just have more clients to work one-on-one with and guide them through the healing journey. So those are the two key things. Um, You can look at my bio and I have a link tree that's full of things. (laughs) So you can also check that out. Also healing sessions, of course, those are one-off single sessions. Amazing. Yeah. Any listeners, if you want to get in on those wonderful things with Erica, I have everything in the show notes for you. So go ahead and check that out. Erica, this was very incredible. You laid down some tea, some magical wisdom, some spiritual juiciness that I'm like very grateful for. Um, I think a lot of the takeaways about just like being able to listen to your energy and listen to your body and your mind and know like what what modalities are there to help you feel in in your essence and in sync and in your best wellness and health is is incredible. So I I love the work you do and I'm thankful you are here. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved what you heard, smash that subscribe button and please be sure to rate and review on iTunes to help further educate and elevate our fellow witches. If you need a little extra magic in your life, I invite you to connect with me on Instagram at wellandwitchy and check out my website, wellandwitchy.com. Remember, witches, you are limitless. You are powerful and you create your reality by your divine design. Now go out there and make some magic happen. And until next time, be well, be witchy.